1 Corinthians uh, 15.45 says, Adam, the first Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a lifeless spirit. Adam failed in so many things, even though he was alive. Jesus succeeded in everything and becomes one who gives life. And he gives that life to us. Adam failed because he wanted to do things his way. Jesus comes and says, no. No, no. Trust the Father. Rest in the Father. Love the Father. Know that the Father loves you. Jesus comes and says, I'm going to not just tell you what you need to know. I'm going to show you the life I want you to live. You see the importance, the shift there? Everything changes, I think, when we understand that and encounter the love that God has for us. Because it's not just that something we say, like, uh, anybody go visit the Jesus Loves You website? Love that. Great site. Those things are awesome. They're great, right? My sister-in-law's got one, like J-L-Y period. Only you have to know what that means in order to understand what J-L-Y is, right? No, no, but I love that stuff, but it's, it's, it's more than just a statement that we say. We don't just say, Jesus loves you, now go home. We say, Jesus loves you. Go walk that out everywhere you go. When you go to Target, walk in Target knowing that Jesus loves you. I have to do that a lot because I don't like Target. It's got nothing for me. My daughter loves Target. We walk in, and this is how it happens every time. We walk in, and I go, okay, I've seen everything I need to see. Their automotive section, their hunting section, not hunting, but their camping section. No, nothing in there for me. But everywhere that you go, walk knowing that God loves you. Because, again, I said Jesus fully rests in knowing that he is completely, undeniably, and unarguably loved by the Father. The, the amazing, the almost incomprehensible thing is that we can fully rest knowing that we are completely, undeniably, and unarguably loved by the Father. Jesus prays the prayer he prays and has the confidence he does because he knows that the Father loves him and that the Father loves him. The fullness of love is there. But that's the background. Right? That's, just, that's just what we need to understand going into Jesus' prayer for us, is this is love. So when we understand that, we can have unity with God. Verse 21 says, May they be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you. May they also be one in us. Right? We, we approach that with this understanding of who God is, who Jesus is, and then who we are in Jesus. So we have unity with God. When we understand that, even in part, all of a sudden, everything can change. Because we're not just walking around on earth. We're walking in and with unity in God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, in the one who hung the stars, in the one who, who created everything. When we go, uh, we went to the canyon, and it's beautiful. But the, the, what we're supposed to do is look at the beauty of the canyon and go, Jesus, how magnificent is that? So we walk in unity and love with God. We understand that while his plans are not always liking, they're for, his, they're for our good because he loves us. When we understand the love of God, when we understand that we have unity with and in God, we understand that we, we have more than we could possibly ever imagine or desire. When we walk in love with God and unity with the heaven and the earth, we, we, we walk knowing that we have confidence because we have a relationship with God. And unity in God and with God empowers us to pray bold, dangerous prayers. Right? 
unity with God allows us to, to pray for the sick, to, to pray that the nations might hear Christ, to, to pray that Amarillo might be like a shining city on a hill so that others will see it and take that and run with it. We pray for our youth that you guys would like know that, okay, Jesus is real and he's got me and he's getting me through this stuff and he can take me into whatever I'm doing. And we pray these prayers because we have boldness and unity with God. Billy Graham said, we should not pray for God to be on our side, but pray that we may be on God's side. To walk in love with unity in God is to walk in relationship with the one who knows everything and to rest in his presence. It's for when Jesus says no, that we go, okay. Because I have unity with you, I don't have to get in your way. Because I have unity with you, I don't have to do things my own way. John says in 1 John chapter 2, verse 6, the one who says he remains in him should walk just as he did. Jesus spent a lot of time going, not my will, but yours. Because like we sang in the song, for, for every time Jesus stood in front of a grave and said, Lazarus, come out! He also sat in the garden and prayed and cried and said, Father, I will not be alone. We pray both prayers. years, that, that verse, 1 John 2, 6, has been a prayer for me and my family. We pray it most nights together. And we end whatever we're praying with, God, help us walk this out. Because it's possible. And you can only do it if you let the power and the power is there to do so. But second, so we have unity with and in God because of the love of God. Second, we have unity with each other. When we, when we settle down deep in our souls that we have unity with, with, with God and that God loves us, we have unity with each other. And we're all fallen human beings, so we're going to fall short of it. Which is why Paul says in Romans twelve eighteen, if possible on your part, live at peace with everyone. So God looks at Julie and says, Julie, for as much as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Because you can't control how somebody else responds to something. You can control how you respond to that. The desire should be to live at peace and unity with everyone. And that comes from a place of love. First, a love that is, that is rooted in how much God loves us. As I've been working on this message and reading through this, this chapter over and over and over again, I found myself praying the other night, and my prayer shifted, and so what I said was, God, I know that you love me. And that's not something I say very often. It's, God, I know that you love me. How do I know? Because I know. It's not something I claim for my own. It's something that you claim. So I can live at unity in unity with others because you love me and you love me Colossians 3.14 says above all put on love which is the perfect bond love is the great unifying force in uh, physics we're always looking what for the, the universe to exist and for us all to be together and we come up with all sorts of great ideas but have we ever looked at love? I don't think so maybe that's not a physics thing Right? Love unifies us. You ever meet a couple or see a couple that just like the same? Like they're, they're going somewhere and they're just identical. Like they, they cut the curtains and made those clothes. Like they are identical. These people understand unity. 
when we understand at our core that God loves us, that, that we rest in the love of God for us and for others, we walk in unity with others because we're not in competition with anybody. We're, we're not striving to be better than somebody else. We're not trying to outdo somebody else. We're not trying to surpass somebody else. But we're trying to push forward together and fight against what comes against us. Right? You think of like a football team. Like a football team, everybody on that team needs to be unified, fighting the same fight, moving forward towards the same goal, not against each other or that team's going to fall apart. But here's the thing. It doesn't mean they all have the same role to play on a team either. Because we all have different gifts and abilities and strengths that God has given us that we use for that. And so when, when we understand that God loves us, when we understand that we have unity with God and who he is, well, all of a sudden we're not worried about fighting against other people because the love of God is others-focused. It's, it's selfless. It's not void of judgment because God does use righteous judgment, but it's consistent and it's driven and it's passionate. Uh, Scottish biblical scholar F.F. Bruce says, God bestows his blessings without distinction. The followers of Jesus Christ are children of God, and they should manifest the family likeness by doing good to all, even those who deserve the opposite. That is hard. When people wrong you, when you, when, when you don't get your way, when, when, when whatever it might be that's giving you that pain, and God says, you are being blessed. Did, did, you, did, did you see what Jesus did? That's what I want you to do. But God, you don't understand. And Jesus says, I think I do. The unity we have, again, doesn't make us uniform. Instead, it embraces the differences that we have with each other and highlights that for the glory of God. Like, I, I'm sitting over there, and I'm watching worship up here, and I'm watching them doing that too, but I don't care. I do not want to hear that. That's, people are going to be like, nope, where's that checkbox? that over nope thank you very much right so i i used that used to bother me like man i really want to do this thing jesus and he was like don't be worried about it <laughs> it's okay by the way no but like but i listen to like julie and like i watch brad and like everybody else and i'm like i'm so thankful that god has given them the gifts that they have and like i've listened to brad sermons and i watch brad sermons because he's been so much better to me in tithing i'll never have to do that <laughs> I'm not even kidding. I have, it, it was beautiful. I was like, oh, bless him, Lord. It was, it was good. It was biblical. It was true. And it was passionate. And it was powerful. And I thank God for that. I don't go, oh, I couldn't have made that. No, I go, oh, Jesus, thank you for what you did. The thing that I've loved from everybody that I've spoken with here, from the leadership team to the pastoral search team to the staff, is everybody has been reading from the same script. When I ask anyone why they're here, they all say the same thing, because I love my church. That's why your leadership is here, because they love you, because they want the best for your church. And that's what God wants from us is for us to live that way with everybody. To walk and stand in his love, and to stand in his love is to stand in unity with other people. Here's the third thing. Living in love and unity draws others to Jesus. Right? Again, verse 21. May they be one as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be one in us, so that the world will believe that you have sent me. 
We're to walk in the unity of love and love with God and with others so that others will be drawn to Jesus. One of the things that's drawn me and my family to church, uh, to journey is the love you have for each other. Love changes people. Love makes people take notice. Love makes people stop what they're doing and go, wait a minute, what is that? Because it's, it's foreign to the outside world. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to share this story, but I will. It's a very bad story for me. Like, it does not paint me in a good light whatsoever. But I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, before I came to Christ, early 20s, like a mess. I was 22 at the time, I think. I'm not chronologically sure. Uh, I think I was 22 at the time. I remember one night, kids, I hope you do. Uh, I was walking around, and let's just say it was a long night, okay? And I had indulged in things that should not be indulged in. And I was angry. I walked by this house, and I, I will never forget this. I walked by this house, and it had the same car. It had the same red, it had the same white. Same car, Pontiac Grand Cherokee. Beautiful. Um, Chrysler. So I, I see their cars, and I got so angry. I was mad. Like, how dare these people be happy? Don't they know how much I'm hurting? Don't they know how bad my life is? How can these people be happy? That's something I always remember, because that's not who I am now. Now I have the love of God in me. And I see people who are hurting, and I see people who are happy, and it makes me glad. Because God has changed that about me, because love changes you. If you knew me then, you would not say this is who I am now. Because the love of God has changed everything about me. I tell my daughter stories, and she's like, no, you didn't know that. And then my mom will say, Right? The love of God changes us, and when we walk in unity with God, and we walk in unity with other people, the outside world, the not yet Christian, those who are far from God, see that and go, what is that? Because that's not what I have. And it changes them and draws them to Christ. Now, here's the thing. For a long time, the church got real hung up on behavioral modification. And then we learned that doesn't work. But it does change people. So we rest in the love of God to change us. And by nature, people are resistant to change. Now, this is not a, a TED Talk on psychology, but I'm going to give you ten quick reasons why people are hesitant to change. One is not understanding that the need to change. Two, that, that fear of the unknown. Three, fear of failure, attachment to habits, imposition or feeling forced like they're, like they're forced to change, exhaustion, cognitive dissonance, poor motivation, the wrong time, and a personal disposition to change. There, there are valid reasons why people don't want to change things in their life. But God, because he is spirit, doesn't work through all that other stuff. Instead, he focuses on the love that we have for him, walking in unity with him. The love that we have for each other, walking in unity with each other. And all of a sudden, the people who had all these great reasons not to change are forced to look at it and go, what's that? Because that's not what I have. People, for better or worse, are resistant to change, but God says, I've got ways around that. When, when, when we walk in unity with God and with others, we remove mental aspects and blocks that people have so that they can see Jesus clearly, and they can see what's most important. And what's most important is that people know that God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. What's most important is that Jesus came into the world to save sinners. What's most important is that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all we could ask, think, or imagine. What's most important in the world 
love is that. That's what's most important. At the end of the day, that's what's going to be most important. And they'll know that when we walk in love and unity with God. When we walk in love and unity with one another. God loves us. And God loves the next person. So when we walk in love with God and each other, we demonstrate that. A hungry world gets to see that they're not alone, that there's a God in heaven who loves them, and there's people on earth who love them too. Love was the Messiah's motivation, and love was his assurance of victory. And I tell you, Journey Church, I've, I've been all over the country, I've been all over the place, and I can guarantee you, love is our motivation, and love is our assurance of victory. If you've got people that you're dealing with in your life, whether they're family members or friends or whatever it is, and you're just like, I just want to... Because let's be honest, sometimes we want to throat hug somebody. (laughs) Right? Like it happens. Sometimes there are kids. I'm just saying, your parents love you, but every once in a while, yeah. Love is what will change that is for you to say, not my will, but yours be done. God, I surrender to you, and I say, please help me love this person. I was talking to somebody the other day. Something, they, they had a tragic injury happen. Violated in one of the worst ways possible. And so we were, we're talking, and I said, I'm going to say something. I have a loving relationship with this person. We're able to have this like kind of conversation. And I said, here's the thing is, I, I feel comfortable saying this, but you do not want to forgive this person. And they said, no, I don't. And I said, I also know that you know God well enough to know that you walked in love with him. And they said, yes. I said, and that's okay. Just acknowledge that that's where you're at. And the hardest prayer you're ever going to pray is, Jesus, help me want to forgive this person. Love is the motivation and love the Love is what's going to change that. That's all I got for today. Um, that was good. That was good. Here's, here's my uh, encouragement, my challenge. Love somebody else this week. Like, ask God, God, is there somebody that, that I need to show your love to? Odds are the answer is yes. And I'll tell you, some of the hardest people who will struggle with this is actually going to be you guys. And I, it, thankfully, it's on summer break. Um, but, like, when you're at school and there's somebody that you're like, them? Like, Jesus, really? And you've got to actually, like, reduce your own station and go sit at a table with them or whatever it might be. That's really hard. And I, I do not ignore the difficult moments that we have in life. So, like, whatever it is. Pray and ask God, who do I need to love this week? He'll show you somebody. And then love them like Jesus loved them. So that the hungry world knows that there's this God who loves them. So thank you, let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you for this time. I thank you for your love. I thank you that we stand in your love. I thank you that you love me, that you love every person in this room. Jesus, if there's anybody in this room who is unsure that you love them, I pray 
that you pour your spirit out, that they, they receive, they catch a glimpse, just, just like the woman who needed healing, Jesus, that if there's somebody in here who doesn't know that you love them and have goodness for them, that they're able to just say, I just, if I touch the hem of his robe, maybe something will be different. And that you would change their life. If that's you, I just ask that you just say, Jesus, show me the truth. Promise you will. We love you. Amen. We have people at the front. Maybe if you're struggling with some love and unity in your life, Come lay it down. Let's sing this song and let's just praise the name. I cast my mind to Calvary where Jesus.